proclaiming the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ, preparing a people for the kingdom of heaven and preserving a posterity for the glory of God. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Key of David podcast brought to you by the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. I'm your host, Charles. Thank you so much for listening in. I am confident that God will bless you and your efforts to gather more information about his kingdom, to tune into podcasts such as these. I see and feel that you are desiring to hear from God, that you are wasting your time when you look and listen to podcasts such as these. You have a desire in your heart to hear the voice of God speak to you. You have a desire to know what God's will is in this day and age. And God is going to richly bless you for it. I want to welcome you to this podcast. And while I'm welcoming you, I want to welcome to this podcast as well, my partner in ministry, Brother Scott. Scott, say hello to the people. Hello to everyone that's listening once again. And just as Charles said, it's a it's a joy to be here on this podcast. It's a it's a small oasis to me, Charles, and and a sea full of trouble. We get to come here one more time. We get to do these podcasts, the Lord lets us do these for him and i i find enjoyment encouragement and like charles has also said we hope that it's a we we believe it's an enjoy and an encouragement to you as well in these in these troubled times charles how are you doing today i'm doing well scott i'm like you every opportunity we have to get together and do a podcast is also an opportunity for us to hear god's voice as well I know that it may surprise a lot of the people that listen to these podcasts, Scott, but uh, most of the time we are getting these messages and the words from the Lord at the same time that the people who listen to these podcasts are getting them. Um, We, we, we do develop an outline. We do develop a, a kind of a game plan, Scott, when we do these podcasts, we meditate, we seek God's face. We ask God how he wants it to go. We've had series in the past. You can say we've had agendas or we've had desires and goals in this podcast to get to a certain place that we believe that the Holy Spirit is leading us. But Scott, we always do it with the understanding and if you've been listening uh, to the podcast for the last few weeks, you're going to realize that God interrupts when God has a notion. And we know what our agenda is. We know what our plan is. We know what our goal is. But, Scott, we do it with the understanding that the Holy Spirit is always in control. We do our very best to make sure that he is the leader in this podcast and that if we hear him leading us a different way, if he changes the message that we are obedient to that change, we're obedient to that voice, that we're giving the people that listen in exactly what they need to hear. And Scott, uh, many times when they are hearing it, we are getting it at the same time. And uh, I thank God that he is faithful. Matter of fact, it goes right along with the scripture that God laid on my heart right before we started this podcast. And I would like to read it. This word comes from the book of Hebrews chapter four. And it's the last three verses of that chapter four, verses 14, 15, and 16. It states, seeing then that we have a great high priest 
that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we were, but without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, Scott, there's several things that jump out at me at that scripture that the Lord laid on my heart. But the main one is grace to help in time of need, meaning that sometimes God is right on time. He'll give you exactly what you need to hear, the words you need to hear, right at the moment you need to hear it. Uh, I won't say that God has never spoke to me ahead of time and told me what's coming up. Uh, In my prayer time and devotion to God, he's told me to look out for certain things, to avoid certain things. But Scott, there's been many a time that I didn't know what I needed as much as God did. And I would go to God with a need and I'd go to God with a situation and with a problem that seemed to have came out of nowhere. And uh, it's it's taken me by surprise, but nothing ever takes God by surprise, Scott. And God knew exactly what I would be facing at that moment. And just like this scripture said, he gave me grace to help in the specific time that it was needed. And I believe with all of my heart that a lot of these podcasts, God, that you and I attempt to place out there, they go out just like last time. They are specific words for specific people in a specific time of need. And Scott, I I trust that whatever God wants to say today is going to be just that. It's going to be a specific word to the hearts of the people who are listening in. Whatever need, situation, whatever event, whatever problem they're facing, God has the grace that is sufficient for that specific need, and he's going to be right on time. So, Scott, before we get started today, I want you to pray for those people that are listening. I want you to pray for the podcast. I want you to pray that we hear the Holy Spirit speaking that specific word that is needed for that specific time and a time such as the one we are in right now. Would you pray for us? I will surely do it. And and as everybody knows that's listening to these podcasts, we've kind of been using this time to take for for the people listening. <clears throat> there, you know, we're living, Charles, just as you stated, in, in a time that we surely do need God's grace. We do need Jesus's grace. We're living in troubled times. These were prophesied times. Uh, speaking of words in a timely fashion given, you know, he prophesied to us these times would be tough. We didn't know if we would ever reach them, Charles. We didn't know if we would live long enough to see these times of perplexity that they warned about in the Bible, these these times of trouble, these times of uh, evil people that were warned about in the, in the scriptures. But here we are. We're here. But Jesus has given us, you know, there's another passage of scripture in there, and I can't quote it exactly right, but it states basically that we're, as sin and evil will abound, grace will abound that much more to offset so it's basically saying well the troubled times are going to be there tough times are going to be here as they rise up jesus's grace rises up with it his help rises up with it just the same so we're not alone so this time we take as usual for the listener for 
for the podcast. We pull away from the message for a moment, and we pray for you. We know you're going through troubles. There's not a person living on this people planet that's not going through some kind of trouble, that's not facing some kind of of demon, that's not going through (laughs) some kind of trial. So we pray because that is the answer, Charles. I I know it sounds sometimes like a broken record, but it's still the answer. Prayer is still the answer. Prayer still changes things. We, we can talk to God, and we've, we've forgotten, or we've let that tool get rusty or dusty. We've let this little tool go unused like we used to, but there's still power in prayer. There's, there's still power that we can activate, strength that we can activate, grace that we can activate. When we enter into a time with just you and Jesus, you talking to him. So this is what we're going to do. Now, let me say this again at the risk of sounding like a broken record. Prayer is nothing without activation with faith. Prayer prayer is not going to get you much farther if you don't believe in what you are praying. If you don't wholeheartedly agree with me and Charles, and I know this, this sounds a little mean. I'm not trying to be mean. But you have got to with all the faith that you have. And all the Bible talks about is a mustard seed. I don't know if anybody ever out there has seen the mustard seed it's a pretty pretty small seed it's a really small seed charles the first time i saw this seed i was thoroughly convicted by it i was thoroughly (laughs) beat up so to speak by looking at this seed going gee whiz and i struggle to get that much faith help me help me i'm asking you with what faith that you have on the other end of this podcast that's listening to put your faith with mine and put it with Charles. And we're all going to agree right now that God is able. That's the trick. We don't want, we don't need to be like Sarah. I'm, I'm talking to you this morning. We don't need to be like Sarah. And it's easy to be like Sarah when she was told at 90 years old, you're going to get pregnant one more time at 90 years old. And she laughed Charles at the thought of it. And the, and the, you know, the Lord was there speaking with Abraham that day. And he said, why, why does Sarah laugh? Why does she laugh at this prospect? Is anything too hard for God? Amen. So let me, let me ask you this question. <laughs> I know what the doctor said to you. I know, I know what the, the job that you had said to you. I, I know the situation that you're in is speaking to you right now saying you are ruined. You are destroyed. You are not going to make it. It's got its own voice, but God has also got a voice saying, is anything too hard for him? That's what I'm asking you this morning. I'm daring you to believe whatever situation you're in. I'm daring you to believe that God can take care of that need. I'm daring you to have faith. So let's let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the honor to be able to come into your presence God, we are vessels of clay. We make so many mistakes. We, we get so dirty. We get so messed up. We get so sideways in this life. But yet you still allow us the ability to come into your presence. You still love us so much that you still beckon us to come into your presence. Mess, dirtiness, filthiness, and all so you can fellowship with your creation. And that's what we want to do this morning. We want to fellowship with you. And God, first and foremost, we thank you for this podcast. Again, we thank you, Lord, that you've given an oasis in this time of trouble. God, you've, you've raised up people like this podcast, and there are others out there that I sense that are trying to get out this word, that time is short, that things are happening. 
you've raised up others, and we thank you for this oasis. And God, this morning, I pray for your anointing and your power. Lord, I pray that you touch the people out there that are going through things this today, whenever they listen to this podcast, morning, noon, or night, whatever they are going through, nothing is impossible with you. Lord, I have watched you heal cancer completely. Stage four cancer. I am a witness to the fact that you are able to do anything abundantly above what what I can ask or think. Listen to this, Lord. I'm just now getting to the scripture here that even though I know you're God, even though I know you can do anything because you are God, you can still do things that I can't even dream of, that I can't even dream up. You can make things happen. God, I've watched you take miracles. I've watched you work miracles. And I thank you for that gift this morning. And now I ask that, Lord, you touch the people on the other side of this podcast. Whatever yes, they're going Lord. through, Lord, what, I, the, the fear. Ah, I'm just, just going to speak, Lord, to this fear. Just this moment, it just continues. But there is a spirit of fear that is loosed, Lord, on this place. There are, there are spirits of fear, worry, and doubt that are loosed on this planet and trying to gobble up your people. But, Lord, Charles and I and the people that will dare to believe on the other end, we agree this morning, Lord, that we rebuke the fear. We refuse to accept the fear. We refuse to stand and shake and quake. In the name of Jesus, we believe, Lord, that you can give us peace, you can give us joy, and you can work out any situation according to your will. We give you the praise this morning. God, I just pray that you let peace and joy come over the people this morning. Let me let me speak calmly and clearly, Lord. Let peace and joy come over the people in the name of Jesus. Let them have peace and joy for just a little bit. For just a little bit, let them have peace and joy. God, let it come over them now like water, as if they were standing in a waterfall. And we give you the praise this morning, God, that you can intervene in any situation. You can stop anything from happening. You can you can protect anything from coming our way. God, and we give you the praise. We put our faith in you this morning because you can. You can do all things, whatever it may be, whatever doctor's report, whatever job report, whatever's going on in their life right now, God, I ask you to give them peace and joy and perform that miracle they need. God, we thank you for this podcast this morning. We know you're going to speak. You have always been faithful to speak. And Lord, we lay this podcast at, at your feet. It is yours. You say what you want to say in this. And we give you the praise and the glory for all of it. In Jesus' name, we ask all these things. And amen. 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 Thank you, Scott. What a good prayer that was. I believe and I joined my faith with Scott and I hope, listener, you joined your faith with us and you will see a difference. Scott and I will see a difference. God is going to proclaim his word to be true among us. He said that he would do what he said he would do. And I believe it. Thank you so much, God, for your faithfulness. God, we have been in a series now for quite some time uh, called the Kingdom Series. And although the Holy Spirit has interrupted the last couple of podcasts to, to go a little bit different route than what we had planned and we wanted him to have his way, we have still alluded to the Kingdom Series, the what I mean by that is, is there is a kingdom God that we live in today, this kingdom of God. It is a spiritual kingdom. When Jesus came to this earth the first time, uh, 
He established by his death, burial, and resurrection the spiritual kingdom of God spoken about in Romans chapter 14. In verse 17, it states, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And Scott, Jesus meant for us to live in the spiritual kingdom of God, even among the world and the world's ways. You know, we know we have many forms of government in the world, Scott, many forms of leadership. And uh, because we live in this flesh, because we live in this third dimension world, we have to conform a lot of times to the way the world works. But something that transforms us, something that supersedes the world's kingdom is the kingdom of God. And the Christian has the ability to live according to the kingdom of God, even among the world in the ways that the world lives. And we are asked by Jesus and the Holy Spirit to constantly live according to the kingdom principles of the kingdom of God. And Scott, we've been trying this last series to teach the people that are listening on how to have that kingdom mentality, how to prepare themselves to live in that spiritual kingdom until the Lord returns. Because, Scott, when the Lord returns, he's going to set up the physical kingdom of heaven on this earth. And Jesus himself will rule and reign from the capital of Jerusalem in Israel over the whole earth as king and of kings and Lord of lords. But until that physical kingdom arrives, Scott, we're living in the spiritual kingdom. Now, Scott, we know we are at the threshold of the great transition, meaning that the spiritual kingdom that we're living in is coming to an end. This age, the church age, the age that Jesus established on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell on the people in the upper room, the church was established and the church has been perpetuating the kingdom of God until now. Now we know that the transition from the spiritual kingdom to the physical kingdom is at hand. And soon and very soon we will have the physical reign of Jesus upon this earth. But Scott, before that happens, there must be a wilderness journey that the church, the remnant believers walk through in order to make that transition. Just as in the days of old, back in the book of Exodus, God expected the children of Israel to leave the kingdom of Egypt, the physical kingdom, to transform verse through the wilderness and then live in the kingdom the promised land that he promised Abraham so many years before that and there was a transition Scott from the kingdom of Egypt to the promised land and there was a wilderness journey that the children of Israel had to endure and right now the kingdom is being trans there's been a transition occurring and there's a wilderness journey ahead of us Scott that God expects the remnant believers to walk through. And we, you and myself and others who have made podcasts such as these, who are out ministering, who are still sincerely called by God and hearing the voice of God, have been proclaiming that the church age is coming to an end. There is a problem with the church today, Scott. The church mm -hmm. has lost 
its ability to lead the people. You know, Scott, there's a principle. It's taught in the word of God, but it's also taught in the world today. There's a principle about leadership that each and every person needs to realize. And that is no group, no team. This works from business to ball team. No group of people will ever outlive or outgrow its leadership. Whatever the leadership of that group of people is, that's the destiny of that group of people. And when that group of people wants to grow, they have to either have the leadership grow or the leaders have to be replaced by leaders who have been through more than that group of people have, who have been where that group of people want to go. God will not leave the church without leadership and the church will not be able to grow through this transition to endure this wilderness journey without a new form of leadership, Scott, that will take them to places that they've never been before. That will take them up higher to God. That will get them closer to God than they've ever been. Scott, when problems arose in the book, you know, in the Bible, when problems arose, that the leadership couldn't handle, then God would rise up new leadership. And Uh there's a story, you know, we talked about leaders and uh, there are several different leaders in the Bible, Uh, leaders that were given to us, their lives were identified in the Bible for our witness. Some of the leaders were there to teach us how not to lead. And some of the people were sent in the Bible to teach us how to lead. And there is a story, Scott, that I encouraged everyone that's listening to this podcast to read. And I will encourage them once again. But God wanted to give the people a leader, a king that would lead them to the place that God wanted them to be spiritually. But the the people were not willing to wait for that leader to arrive. So they began to beg for a leader like the rest of the world. And God finally answered their prayer and gave them that leader that they had begged for. Now, (laughs) the story I'm referring to, it begins in 1 Samuel chapter 8. And it's the story about how Samuel was told by God to anoint Saul and make Saul the first king of Israel. Now, Saul was never meant to be the first king of Israel. The first king of Israel was meant to be David. God yep. had David waiting in the wings, Scott. He yep. was in the he was in the wilderness. He was in his wilderness journey, and his transition from his prophetic age to the kingly age was going to take place at the right time. But it had not come. The time had not come yet for God to bring David to the kingdom and make him the king. And the people were tired of waiting for God to set up a king. So they said, give us a king like the rest of the world has. And God gave them Saul. Now, Saul is and he he was anointed by God. Yes, he was put in that place by God. Yes. But Scott, Saul was given to us to show us what a leader that is not called of God 
how he leads, how he governs the people versus when David became the king, how David led the people, how David governed the people. We have a wonderful story from 1 Samuel chapter 8 to 1 Kings chapter 3 of the life of Saul and David and how Saul used his leadership for his own glory and David used the leadership for the glory of God, how Saul led the people the way that he wanted to and the results that happened as a result of Saul being the leader. And then there is the story of David being the leader. And we have a record of how the people prospered under David's leadership. Now, Scott, there's a story I want to refer to, and I'm going to set the stage up and then I'm going to turn you loose. <laughs> But okay. the, remnant, the remnant believers that we have listening to this podcast, we have did our best, Scott, so far to inform the people that the church age was coming to an end, that the church had no longer had the ability to lead the people through that wilderness journey to the kingdom age, and that we needed remnant leaders to rise up Mm-hmm. Out of out of obscurity to lead the remnant believers through the wilderness. We needed our Moseses. We needed our Josephs. We needed our Gideons. We needed our Davids to come on the scene and to lead the people, the remnant believers, to a higher p- ground, to a place to make that transition to the kingdom age. And we are needing these leaders to come to life, Scott. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a problem that rose up in the book of Samuel, first Samuel chapter 17. The Philistines were at war with the Israelites and uh, it was God's law. He established it back in the book of Exodus that no one could serve in the army until they were at least 20 years old or older. So all of Jesse's sons and Jesse is the father of David. So all of Jesse's sons were away at war with Israel fighting the Philistines. And Jesse wanted to check on his sons. He wanted to report from the army on how his sons were and how the, how the battle with the Philistines was going. And so he sent his younger son, David, who had not yet came of age to fight in the army, And David rose to go visit his brothers in the army and bring back a report to his father. Now, there was something going on when David arrived that David became a witness to that was going on, a problem that the children of Israel were having in their attempts to defeat the Philistines. And let me read just a little bit about this story. And uh, it's found in... 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I'm going to start at verse 20. It says, And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the hosts were going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put a battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper in the carriage and ran to the army and came to salute his brethren. And as he talked with him, behold, there came up a champion 
a Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the army of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. Now, this had been a giant, Scott, giant called Goliath, mm-hmm. who was the champion of the Philistine army. And every day in the in the morning and in the evening, he would come out and he would challenge the, the armies of Israel. And he would say, send me out a man to fight me. And whoever wins that battle will win the war. And uh, this was the way that a lot of the armies fought back in that day. They would choose yep. a champion, Scott, to fight for them. And whatever champion won, that was the deciding side that won the war. And Goliath would come out, and he was a giant, and he would he would talk the men of Israel, and he would say, come and fight me. And the men of Israel were full of fear. Scott, we have that going on today in the spiritual realm. We have our enemy, like Goliath, taunting the church and saying, send out a champion for me to fight. And Scott, the church is seized with fear from the enemy. We Uh have remnant believers and remnant leaders that are lying in wait like David to fight the enemy. But there's a problem. There's a fear that has seized the church and it's keeping us from gaining victory over the enemy. Now, let me read a little bit more of this story. Verse 24, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man Goliath, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel, he has come up and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free from Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth the Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies mm. of the living God? So here's David. He's he's younger than 20. He's in his teens, Scott. He's yep. full of the zeal of God. He's full of faith with God. He wants something done to dispel the fear that has seized the, the men of Israel. Now, David is supposed to be looking up to this army, Scott. He's supposed to be looking up to his brothers. He's supposed to be revering his brothers in the armies of Israel as the armies of the living God that no other army in the world could stand in front of. And here they are cowering in front of Goliath and they're full of fear. And David's like, who is this man think he is? He's defying the armies of the living God. And it says in verse 27, and the people answered him after this manner saying, so shall it be done to the man that kills him. And Eliab, the eldest son, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, why camest thou hither? Was it? And he said, and with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? Here's Eliab. He's, he's making fun of David. And really what he's yeah, really, what he's doing is he's covering up his guilt and his shame for being yep. afraid. Yep. And he says, I know thy pride, David, and thy naughtiness of thine heart, for thou hast come up that thou might seest the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? And sure that's, where, that's where the Holy Spirit stopped me. 
Now, I could tell you how the story ends, but most people know this famous story, Scott. The famous story is, is that David was sent into the battle to fight Goliath, and he knocked Goliath down with just a stone and a sling, and then he cut Goliath's head off, and the Philistines, when they saw their champion dead, they fled, and the armies of Israel chased them and defeated them. Now, Scott, that's the that is the ending of that story. But there's a lot of details about this story that we don't hear a lot about. And one mm. of them is the fact that Saul was the king, and Saul was the chosen man of God, and Saul was the leader of the of the Israelites at this time. And not even Saul, the king, would go out to face Goliath. Nope. Now, this is the anointed man of God, the leader of the people of God the leader of the children of God, too afraid to go and face Goliath, too afraid to go face the champion of the enemy, too afraid to go out and do what he wanted his men to do. And along comes a teenage boy who has more faith than the king of Israel did at that time. And David looks at his brothers and he said, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason for someone to rise up and challenge the champion of the enemy and defeat him. He was amazed, Scott, at the fear that had gripped these men. He was mm -hmm. amazed at the shape that the army of God had allowed themselves to get into. He mm -hmm. was amazed that the leader of the people of God was cowering in fear and would not face the enemy. And David said, is there not a cause for me to raise up and to get angry and to mm -hmm. throw a fit? <laughs> and you see, David was angry, Scott. David was fed up. David was ashamed of the people that he was supposed to be asking leadership of. David mm -hmm. was supposed to be led by Saul. David was supposed to be protected by his brothers. David was supposed to be able to have confidence that his brothers could fight in the army of Israel. And here they are scared to death. And David is, is there not a reason for me to be upset? Is there not a reason for me to throw a fit? Is there not a reason for me to be argumentative right now at this point? Now, Scott, this is where I have to make a confession. <laughs> okay I also am, I, I am echoing the same words in my heart that David said out loud to his brothers in the army of Israel is there not a reason for me to be upset and Scott when I see the shape that the church is in yeah, yeah, and yeah. I see the leadership that we now have offered to us I am upset as well. I am I am at a loss for words. I, I don't know how to describe to you my discouragement at the leadership that we have versus what the enemy is shouting down from the mountaintop. Scott, well, we have at this time in our lives the weakest army that we've ever had. Yeah, we yeah. have this, we have now a church that has grown to a state of powerlessness mm -hmm. that we're like the army of Israel. We're trembling in our boots. The army of 
of the enemy is over on the other side of the valley laughing and mocking us and yep. saying, is there not anyone there strong enough, worthy enough, brave enough to come and fight us? And Scott, we are in the same shape as the army of Israel, as the children of God were in first Samuel chapter 17, we are too afraid to face the enemy and we have leaders that are too afraid to do it. They want the people to follow God and they want the people to walk in faith with God and they want the people to fight a good fight of faith, but they themselves cannot do it. And Scott, no group of people will outlive, you know, will outlive or outgrow its leadership. As the leadership goes, so goes the people. And as long as we have leaders like Saul was that day, powerless and afraid to face the enemy, then we can expect the people to do the same. Amen. Amen. I love how you do this to me, Charles. You, you set me up about a, a hundred and two points. <laughs> <laughs> that I that I can go with, and then you lay it in my lap. I I love you, son. Uh, you, you've you've said so much there, and you described the whole problem. So let me let me just continue on with this thought. I'm going to open up this can of worms right now. You're you're speaking of how you you're righteously indignated at the state of the church. You know, we began this talk. How many months ago now? It was in 2020 that we began this talk, and it started with the rape of the church. And how that we outline the fact that the church, I mean, let's just let's just be honest. And, and I don't I know you don't take uh, joy in it. And I don't find joy either in the situation that we're in. We used to go to church when we first you and I, I know we're I know we have some age on us now, <laughs> but we used to go to church and there was power there. There were people that were there were people that were getting healed of various diseases, the, the very thing the Bible speaks of. These signs shall follow them that believe. I, I, I'm sorry if this makes a bunch of people mad, but Jesus said these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, these things are going to happen to those that, that follow. And there's no distinction between the 12 apostles and now. They were men who started. They were just men. I'm sorry. They were just men who started the program. They were there at the beginning of the program, and they initiated the program because they were obeying the Lord. But it was never meant to stop. The program was never meant to end with the 12 apostles. And it's all about glorifying God, Charles. We used to go to church, and we would see people get healed. We saw devils being cast out of people because there were still, and to this day, there's still demon possessions. There's you a shocker. There's still demon possessions going on. There's still people being possessed. The problem is, is we don't have leaders standing up in this day who've got enough anointing to chase out one little small imp, one little small demon. We we fell into disarray. Charles, it's been happening for a long time. This is not something that just happened at the change of the 21st century. The seeds were already happening years and years and years ago. I could I could go back to a pinpoint in time, but I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to I'm going to set you up with this. The, the, the seeds of failure were already beginning in the church. They were already losing their power, their power years and years ago because they let down their guard. They stopped obeying the Lord. They, they, they let down their guard. Sin began to creep into the camp. Let's, let's talk about this for just a minute. 
they get they had specific instructions in the, in the wilderness journey. Now you help me explain this. They had specific instructions in the wilderness journey that you just spoke of that they were to do certain things and to not do certain things. They were to go in and they were to kill when they were going to war, they were supposed to kill their armies, uh, kill everybody that was in there and and get rid of the spoil. Achan. Let's talk about Achan for a minute because this is how the the church lost its powerlessness. Achan was a member in the army, the Israelite army that was wandering in the wilderness at that time in the wilderness journey. Achan was a poor man. Achan had kids to feed. Now, I can get how this happens, but you see, this is how the devil will set you up. Achan had kids to feed. Achan was a poor man. Achan saw the spoils of that war that they were in one day. It was a fine piece of cloth and a wedge of of some kind of uh, metal, silver, gold. It was a few things. And he took those things, Charles, instead of destroying them, he took them yep. and put them in his tent and hid them, hoping that he could right his wrong and get out of his poverty. But he disobeyed the commandment of God. Come and on. you see, because one man, one man disobeys God, everybody felt the punishment of that in that army. Charles, after Achan hid his stuff in his tent, when they would go to war, they would lose. They would get whipped. And they couldn't for the life of them figure out what was going on. They felt like God was working against them. Sin entered into the camp. And you see, that's what happened to the church is we allowed sin to enter into the camp, pet it, take care of it, let it sit beside us, not say anything about it, not preach on it anymore. And it destroyed our anointing. It destroyed our anointing. Because you see, Pastor, let me talk to you a minute, Pastor. You pastor that's listening to this podcast. It's not about how good you can preach. It's not about how loud you get. I can sit here on this podcast and I can scream my head off at you if I so wanted to. But if it's got no anointing, it's useless. It's dead. It's empty. It's not going to move the first thing. Charles, we let sin enter into the camp. We lost our anointing. And you see, I I could go a hundred ways with this, but I I, I know what you're alluding to. let Let me start here. There was someone who, and I want you to talk about this. I want you to open up your heart for a minute. There was a there was a person, David Wilkerson. Most people most people know that that preacher, that minister, great man of God, wonderful man of God. Went on to receive his reward in 2011. He's gone now, but somebody posted a video about his life story and his life's work and and everything that went on. And you and I saw that, and and it tore me up. I, I know it tore you up at at, at the difference between that man of God and what we've got now in our pulpits, what we've got now leading us. You set the stage. You said the people cannot grow any higher than the leader is grown. You can't go any farther than where the leader is going to take you. And Charles, I I got no lies to tell you, listening to that man of God's life story tore me up. Yeah. Let's, let's take, let's take for one instance. And I'm going to throw this back in your lap. This, this leader of God, David Wilkerson, one, one fellow was speaking. He said even after they'd had a service, even even after they'd had like, a, I don't know, probably three, four, five-hour service maybe, something like that where they, they had ministered and ministered and ministered. When they got back to their hotel room, the rest of the guys said, well, David, I guess we're going to go to bed. David said, I'll see you in a little while. I'm going to go pray for a couple of hours. Even after a situation like that, he would go back into a, a time of prayer and seek the Lord's face. What a leader. I'm talking about a man crossing the switchblade, crossing the switchblade. I'm talking about a man who went into the streets of New York City 
with armed with nothing. This doesn't this sound like David to you? Armed with nothing but a Bible under his arm, and would stand in front of the gangs in New York City who had knives, weapons, and guns, wanting to kill the man, ready to kill the man, and he would stand there and talk to him about Jesus. That's the kind of leader we're talking about. And let me let me go here with this. Let me go here with this. You're talking about the valley against the giant Goliath. Let's not forget, let's not scoff that we're talking about a giant. We're talking about a man who was most likely about nine foot tall. He was most likely, oh, oh gosh, he was he was a huge man, nine foot tall. He carried a, a spear like a weaver's beam. If anybody knows what that's like, that's a huge long pole. This man was amazingly huge. And and I, I'm going to tell you this. God will set up situations. And, and Lord, I, that, Charles, I want you to speak on this. God will set up situations where he'll bring you to the Valley of Eli on purpose. Yep. Let me say that one more time. He'll set up situations where he'll bring you to the Valley of Eli on purpose. Charles, they sit there and they seized with fear because they, they hit upon a problem. They reached a situation that they couldn't get past because they got a better vacation Bible school plan. They couldn't get past it because they found a better worship singer. In the worship service, they couldn't get past the problem because their preacher went to seminary school and got a better Ph.D. where he could preach better. You reach a problem and, and you if you don't believe me, you just sit back and watch. God will, will set up a problem where the only thing that you can get past it. The only way you can get past it is to get a hold of his anointing, to get a That's hold right. of his presence. And David was full of the presence of God. That was the difference between them and Saul. Charles, what, what would you say? I know, I know that, I know that thing tore you up. You speak how you want to speak, say what you want to say. But the difference in leaders, the difference yep. in leaders, David, who's a what was it, maybe a buck twenty-five soaking wet. He was a young teenager, maybe one hundred twenty-five pounds, ruddy, skinny, nothing to look at. But the first thing that he gravitates to is: is there not a cause? I'm sick and tired of the church being in a stalwart, stalwart situation where they cannot move and where nothing's going on. The armies of God are seized with fear on this hillside, and I'm angry. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he can talk like this about my Lord and about my Savior? I don't, I don't like it. And, you know, Charles, you'll find, you'll see in the Valley of Elah, who is, a, who is a remnant leader? Who is a God-called leader? And who is a leader of fear? We had that happen in the, the election in 2020, did we not? But I, I'm going to throw this back in your lap. I'm going to throw this back. What, how do you feel about this situation? Well, Scott, uh, you brought up that video about David Wilkerson, and I do remember watching that video just recently, and I was seized, Scott. And I'll be honest, I was seized the same way that David's brothers were seized. I was seized with shame. I was seized with guilt. I was seized with discouragement because I began to look at the leaders that I have today versus leaders like David Wilkerson and like the brothers of David, the king must have looked at Saul and said, why won't Saul face this enemy? Why won't Saul raise, you know, why won't he rise up? Is he not anointed? Was he not called of God to lead the people of Israel? Was he not called of God and, and anointed by Samuel the prophet to go out and lead? Why is he not going out and challenging Goliath? And when I saw that video of David Wilkerson, 
I was seized with guilt and shame. And I, 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 I said, God, where are the leaders like David Wilkerson at today? Scott, there was many, many years ago when I was young, I was seeking God. I was hungry for God. I had a desire to find out what God's will for my life was. And God would send me leaders like David Wilkerson into my life. And I would glean from them and I would learn from them. And, and, but it would be few and far between. And I prayed one day and I said, God, how come it's so hard to find a leader like David Wilkerson? And, and, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, he said, Charles, there's not many fathers left. There's lots of shepherds. There's lots of people that are called to be, you know, they're, they're, they're in the pastor's offices. They're in the preacher's pulpits, but there's not many of them that have a father's heart and a heart like David Wilkerson to seek after God's face and to stay in God's presence till that anointing that destroys Goliath comes upon their life. And Scott, that was years ago. And today I find myself even more discouraged and more despondent because I look around and I don't see the leaders that the remnant believer needs. And I say, God, is there not a cause like David? Is there not a reason to rise up? And, you know, that's what the story that I read to you was all about is God will allow, you said it, you know, he'll allow Valley of Elah. God will allow problems to rise up in our lives that challenge us to either go up higher in a new leadership calling ourselves, or it will cause leaders to come out of the obscurity of mm -hmm. the kingdom and to begin to lead the people. And David he started to rise that day. He he said there was a cause because of his zeal and because of his frustration and because of his uh, absolute. You know, he saw that the the king the king wasn't going to do anything about Goliath, and he saw that the armies of Israel were seized with fear. He said, "I'll go and fight this man. I believe in my God. I have faith that my God will deliver him into my hands." And David was successful. And Scott, I pray and find myself feeling the same way today. I'm wondering where are those leaders like David that will rise up and lead the remnant believers. Scott, we've been telling those people for weeks now that what they should be doing is developing and, and, and cultivating that intense, personal, intimate relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, that they should also be forming small groups within their homes and at their workplaces, small Bible studies, small friendship gatherings that they can benefit and edify one another's faith. And that Scott, they should also be praying for godly leaders like David to rise up, to be able to identify them when they show up, to give them what they need. Because just like we said before, that principle that there is a there is not one group of people that are able to go where they can't be led by someone who's been there. They won't outgrow their leadership. And, and Scott, we're in the shape we're in today, church-wise, because the leaders we have today have not been to the mountaintop with God like they should. They no. haven't sought God's face like they should. They haven't gotten sin out of the camp 
like you described, like they should. But they don't get into pulpits and they don't tell the people to get sin out of their life and they don't shout holiness to God and they don't talk about what it takes to get God's presence in your life and that anointing that breaks the yokes of sin to operate in your life. And we have leaders that can't lead the people where they need to go. And Scott, is there not a cause right now for God to get sick and tired of his children being beat down and the, and the sheep being, being fleeced instead of fed? And is there not a cause for God to start rising up leaders like David, like Gideon, like jo Joseph, that will see the need and make that decision? Say, I don't, I'm not worried about how big the giant is. I am not going to let fear seize my heart. I'm not going to allow the children of God to, to suffer under the hands of the enemy, but I'm going to pray for God to either rise up some, or it may even be those people, Scott, that have that desire like Gideon, where they say, God, when are you going to do something about it? And God turns around and says, okay, Gideon, if you're worried about it, I'll call you. And, you know, David was worried about it and God called him. Scott, we need leaders to rise up. We need to be able to identify these remnant leaders that will lead the remnant believer to a higher place. And one of the things that I want the remnant believers, those people who have been listening to this podcast, who believe what you and I have been saying, that we've been talking about how powerless the church has become and how the church age has reached its effectiveness and it's it's starting to go out. It's starting to fade away. The transition is about to take place. That wilderness journey is before us, and we need leaders to lead us through that wilderness journey. And, Scott, if the people who have been listening to this podcast believe our report, if they believe the word, if they believe what they've heard, they should begin to seek God's face and to cry out for God. Send us leaders like David. Send us someone who will face the Goliath, who will pray those two hours every day who will seek your face, who will get sin out of their life, who will live that kind of life that it takes to have the anointing that takes the sheep up higher than they can lead themselves. Scott, we're in such a bad shape now. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Charles, it's it's come to the point now. And see, here's the problem. I mentioned the sin in Aiken's tent, and that's, that's problem number one. Let me set this up for you again. That's problem number one is you won't turn on the religious TV these days if you can still get it and find a minister who's preaching on sin anymore, who will outline its dangers. You, you'll, you'll find all kinds of ministers who's in it for the money. Who's telling you, give me your money. It's all about growing your money. It's all about growing your bank account. It's seed faith. And I, I'm not going to get into the principles of that right at this moment, but you will not find that type of leader on TV anymore. Used to, you could, but they're all gone now. And see, you've got the problem of sin not being ministered to anymore. Hey, in right. your local church, is sin being preached or is it right. not? Only you can answer that. And you got to be honest with yourself after you hear this podcast. You got to take notice of where you're going, of where you're going to church, of who you're sitting under, of who's leading your soul. And, and you've got to take notice after this podcast of whether I'm in the right place or I'm not. And most of the time you're going to find yourself stuck in the Valley of Elah. And, and Charles... Yeah. <laughs> we've got another problem. We've got ministers. Maybe they're not in sin, but they can't get past their denominational glasses. 
See, we've yeah. come to the point. Let me let me outline it like this. We've come to the point where we're we're in the Valley of Elah now. Spiritually speaking, we're in the Valley of Elah. We're in trouble. We're facing giants that are bigger than our preacher with his PhD can get us out of. We're, we're in problems. We're in problems bigger than our church denomination can push us out of. And we've got Ooh. leaders today that can't get past the fact that I've got to do it the Methodist way. I've got to do it the Baptist way. I've got to do it the Pentecostal way. And those are man-made institutions. And they've come to the end of their life. And, Charles, it's come to the point now that we need a leader who rises up under the anointing, under the power of God, just like David did. What happened there was a miracle. It was a miracle. A 120-pound skinny little teenager takes down a nine-foot-tall giant. That That was a miracle. And, and, and. He was angry. Not at one time, Charles, in the report that you outlined, did he say, whew, he's a big, tall guy. I don't know, but I, 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 guess, I guess God can help me with it. He didn't, he didn't act like that. He didn't no. talk like that. He was angry immediately at the situation. He was, he was mad that God's army was being defied and talked about and, and, and uh, made fun of like they were because he went out every day, Goliath, and taunted them. He smack-talked them every day. Look at you. Look at you, God's mighty army. And you sit on your rear end, and you're afraid to come out and face me. How big is your God, Israel? How big is he that he can't, you can't even come out here and face me every day? Every now, day. you you know, golly, Charles. I guess you're wondering, where's my remnant leader? Well, let me, let me say it like this. If you're angry at the situation... Yeah. If you're sick and tired of going to church and leaving the same way you came in, if nothing's happening in your situation and you're sick and tired of it, and you know, and you know in your heart of hearts, you're asking the same question every day. Where's the anointing? Where is God when you go to church? Where is he? Where's the anointing that destroys every yoke? Why am I going in depressed? And going back home depressed, and I'm not getting any answers. Why is this happening? I'm sick and tired of this. And just like you said, Charles, Gideon, when are you going to do something, Lord? (laughs) (laughs) When are you going to do something? The Philistines are oppressing us. The army is oppressing us. We're we're, we're made slaves. When are you going to do something? God, where are you? And a still small voice says, I am, because I'm doing it through you. You might be a remnant leader. Charles, right. what would you say to a situation like that? I mean, it's right here before us. The whole story, it everything. It is. It, it, it amazes me, just like I said, the problem will come up before the answer does. The problem yes. will arrive. God will place the giant on the other side of the valley to holler at you before the leader shows up. And the people will get to a place. And unfortunately, and, and I'm guilty of it too. I'm like Eliab. I, I'm like uh, David's older brother. I am ashamed and I'm making fun of David. And I'm saying, who, who do you think you are? And, and I might be downing the very person that God sends my way to lead me to victory. Mm. I won't be, in a situation where I'm covering up my guilt, I'm covering up my shame, I'm covering mm. up my lack of power with church attendance and with programs and with getting involved. And, but am I angry enough to get sin out of my life? Oh, 
Am I fed up enough with godless leaders that's that like Saul that have been sent over me to govern my life that can't lead me to water anymore, can't lead me to green pastures anymore, can't give me something that gives me hope anymore. Am I brave enough to walk away from that mess? Am I, am I brave enough to lead that situation? Get sent out of my life. Leave that that godless situation to strike out and to begin to get people. Maybe even start a group Bible study at my home or or at my at, at the cafeteria at work. Just a couple of other people to get together who have the same heart and the same anger and the same disgust and the same discouragement of the situation that we are in and say, God, is there not a cause like David? And Scott, are we willing to say to ourselves, is there not a cause for me Mm. to check my life, to get sent out of my camp, to check my motives, to see if I'm sitting under a godless leader and I'm afraid to move and see if I am like Eliab, I'm making fun of the very people that God has sent my way. This person doesn't look like I think a preacher ought to. This person doesn't have the track record like the people Mm. that I used to sit under. This person doesn't act like my denomination says they should act. They don't have the pedigree that my denominational beliefs said they should have. But God has sent them just like David to your in your life to deliver you and who are you to make fun of who God chooses if I'm not mistaken Scott it says that God qualifies the called he doesn't amen. call the qualified amen and, and that's what we're doing is we're waiting for God to fix the problem when we may be part of the problem that God needs to fix mm-hmm And, Scott, I'm convicted in myself when I watched that video about David Wilkerson. Yes, I was ashamed. Yes, I was discouraged. Yes, I was angry at the leadership. And, yes, I was angry at the poor leadership that I even had to face when I was young. And now it's even worse. But the one first and foremost thing that I should have been done, Scott, is convicted. Mm. Absolutely. I should have been convicted in my own heart because, Scott, here's what the Lord spoke to me when I was wrestling with the fact that I was in anguish and I was in this, you know, I was in discouragement. And I was like, God, where are the leaders? And where is your church? And where is the power? And where is the anointing? There's an old song that Bob Carlisle used to sing that you could probably find on YouTube or if you if you don't if you're not familiar with it, uh, I encourage you to look it up. Uh, you could probably find it on the online, but it's called One Man Revival. Oh. And it is possible, Scott, to have a one man revival. Now I know there are many ministers out there, many preachers out there right now that are prophesying about this end time revival that's going to sweep over the earth and through America and turn us all back to God. I'm not saying that can't happen. It can happen. Um, Usually it happens out of great persecution or great cost. 
And God can definitely send the persecution. He can definitely send the tragedy. He can definitely allow the calamity that brings revival. But I tell you right now, Scott, it does not negate the fact that I am responsible for my own revival. If mm-hmm. Wait for some, you know, I'm going to coin your phrase that you use. If I if I wait for a shiny, shoed, slick haired man to come into my town or to come into my church, or to come into my door, and knock on my door, and rub oil on my head, and prophesy. I'm already behind. I'm already waiting in vain, because God has given to me at my disposal the ability to walk into the Holy of Holies. I no longer have to have a high priest to go in there for me. I no longer have to have someone that represents my needs, my wants, and my desires to go before the throne of God. But just as I read earlier in Hebrews chapter 4, I myself can approach the throne of grace. I can walk boldly before God's throne and say, God, is there not a cause for you to rise up in me the joy of my salvation? Is there not a cause, God, for you to anoint me the way that I used to be when I was on fire (laughs) when I was young? Is there not a cause, God, for you to revive in me, to restore what the canker worm has eaten from my life, to restore what I've allowed the caterpillar and the moth and the enemy to steal from me, that joy? That peace, that power that I used to walk in, where did it go? And Scott, we can have a one-man revival all by ourselves. Well, can we say it this way? Can we say it this way? There's there's a great mistake that is made. We're still speaking about David's life. There's a great mistake that's made by preachers today that say that the moment that Samuel came and visited them, and he went through all the brothers. Everybody knows that story. He went through all the brothers looking for a king. And, you know, God said, I, I don't look on outward appearance. I looked on the heart. These men are not it. And they bring David before him. And, and Samuel goes, that's the man. And he pours the oil on him. That's the ceremony. I'm, I'm telling you that he was already anointed before he got there. We, we, are bad. we are bad to wait on the ceremony. Just like you said. We are bad to wait on the slick-haired, shiny-shoed Ph.D. preacher to come along and slap oil on the front of our head and say, Thus saith the Lord, you're the man. We want to wait on the ceremony, and you're done behind the game. David was already anointed before he even got to the ceremony because he was already out there in the field, Charles, spending time with God, with his little harp, watching over the sheep. Day after day after day, he's talking to the Lord, and it's just him and the Lord in that pasture field. You you don't believe me? Go back and look at the story. He's already anointed. When a bear tries to attack the sheepfold, David destroys the bear, barehanded. And and when other animals try to attack the field that are much bigger in size and much stronger than him that should tear him to shreds, he destroys the enemy. He's already anointed before the ceremony. So if we're waiting on that, you're done behind. You're done too late. You're done behind on the game. It's time that we get in our own little, so to speak, in quotes, pasture field and find time with God where we can get anointed. Don't wait on a slick-haired, shiny-shoe preacher. Don't wait on something to rise up. You do it. You do it. You go out and – I'm getting hurt. This is really hurting me, by the way. I feel the pain. But you get in a place of your own 
and you find time with the Lord and you find time with his word and you talk to him and you spend time in his presence. And that is where the anointing comes from that we have lost. Charles, if you got a better way to say it, please, please help me with this. No, no, you said it wonderfully. And, and it was, it was, it was timely too, because we're running out of time. But I do want to say this before I ask Scott to pray. I feel in my heart that God is going to rise up leaders. Yep. That he is going to send people just like David to those armies of Israel. When David was sent there, he was sent there with a purpose. God knew that David was the man that was going to take Goliath down. And God already knows your heart listener. He already knows if you are a God called leader of a group of people, or if you're just God called to have a one man revival in your heart by yourself. But one thing God wants you to do is make that choice to answer the call. And I would instruct you to do this while you're being disgusted and while you're being frustrated at the lack of leadership in your life and while you're being discouraged at the lack of anointing at your church that you attend be brave enough to walk out of those situations go to god and say god i need you i need a one-man revival in my heart i need a group of people i need a leader to rise up in my life like david to lead me where i can't go I need this, and God, I've heard Charles, I've heard Scott, I've heard the other ministers in my life, I've heard what your word of God says, that you are faithful to provide those things for me that I need if I just ask, and I just seek, and I just knock, and I just allow the Holy Spirit to show me, have I, like Achan, got sin in my life I need to deal with? If I'm like Iliab and I'm complaining about the problem but I'm making fun and I'm shying away and I'm pushing down the people that God has sent in my life to deliver me and to bring me victory am I like Gideon I'm hiding in a threshing floor and I'm saying oh God I want you to do something but do it through someone else do it through someone else don't do it through me be brave enough to allow God to use you and ever how big of a world that you can be used in. There are people that are listening to me that might be called to be the next David Wilkerson if they Mm -hmm. will step out and believe. They may not touch but four or five more people in their lives. But whatever your leadership ability is, whether it's be leader over people or a leader over your own heart, you are called, listener, to lead. You can either lead others or lead yourself, but I promise you, If you lead yourself, your demonstration, your demonstration of faith will be a witness to the others around you, will be a witness to the king, will be a witness to the army, will be a witness to the enemy that stands on the other side of the valley and screams at you that you believe in a God that is alive like David. It's the army of the living God, and he will not allow this uncircumcised Philistine to have victory in my life forever, but he will 
he will bring him down on his own time, but I have to be ready to receive and obey when the call comes. Scott, yep. we need to do that. We need to ask God for leaders. We need to ask God to show us who these leaders are. We need to lead ourselves. We pray for us that we will answer the call that we received today. That one man revival that needs to begin in our own heart. Father, we thank you for the word today. God, we thank you for the call today. We thank you that we're still able to hear your word and your call in this wicked generation. God, you you spoke to us today, Lord, that it's that it's time. It's time to rise up. It's time to begin to get into the anointing, into your presence. It, God, it's time to begin to recognize who to lead, who to follow, who to listen to, who not to. It's time to get sin out of the camp god it's time we don't need to wait lord we don't need to wait for somebody else to come along or for or for our church denomination to get where it needs to be the time starts now in us the one man revival that charles just spoke of lord each and every person that's listening to this podcast that's made it this far lord start a one man one man revival in us lord all of us see the need all of us are angry that's listening to this podcast, just like Gideon. All of us are tired of this. But, Lord, we pray that you touch us. Lord, we pray that you lead and guide us. We pray that you start a one-man revival in us. Lord, and we give you the praise and the glory for it all. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Scott, for obeying the Lord today and allowing him to speak through you. Thank you, Holy Spirit for allowing us to hear your voice today, for being used to speak to the people that are listening to this podcast. Again, I pray, take this word and let it go forth across this world. Let this message be shared by other people. Listener, if you want to be a part of God's plan, share this message with others. Do your part in being a productive part of the kingdom of God. Don't allow God's goodness to be used only for your benefit, but let others reap the benefit as well. We have an email address that we would love for you to write to. Uh, you can share your faith with us. You can share your testimony with us, your prayer request, whatever your, whatever your, desire is your feedback we would we would just ask that you write us at key underscore david underscore ministries at yahoo.com and once again that's key underscore david underscore ministries.com at yahoo.com and we want you to encourage you to write to us uh we also have blogs we have youtube channels we have a facebook page you can follow us on instagram and twitter all those links will be in the show notes of this podcast i encourage you to obey what you've heard i encourage you to start that one-man revival i want to thank scott once again for being here with me today and uh, i pray and i believe it's scott's desire as well for each and every person that hears this podcast to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.